you know, we are, we are creatures of habit, and we're going to be talking about that today. Because when it comes time for New Year's, I just can't resist the opportunity to play on the theme of the new. And New Year's is all about a new season coming upon us. And who doesn't like new, right? You want to buy something, you want to buy it new if you can afford it. If you can't afford it, you want to find it, you want it to be like new. But new is new. We like the new, and new is always refreshing, it's hopeful. Whatever you've gone through in the past year, you know, we have every day is a new day. And this is a new year, and so there's always hope in the prospect of the new. And uh, God, God is all about the new. In fact, you know, God is eternal, but he never gets old. You know, he's eternal, but he never gets old. Everything about the Lord is about newness. For example, we see in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. It's just, I'm just going to take you through a few verses. Throughout the Bible, we're, we're talking about a God who is always about the new. Talking about the new thing. In Isaiah 43, it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, that is what God's all about. He can take any wilderness you're in, any desert you're in, and he can make it a, a new thing. And ultimately, when Jesus came, as we celebrated with Christmas, the advent of Christ, and Jesus coming into our hearts, if you let him in, he brings a new thing. He does a new thing. The appearance of Jesus itself was a new thing. The Pharisees weren't ready for it. Israel wasn't ready for it. The religious people weren't ready for it because he came and he overturned all the old paradigms. You had to have a paradigm shift when Jesus came. And only those who were uh, sensitive to that, who had a spiritual desire to know the Lord, could receive from him because the others were just ingrained in the old. They were all hardened in, in the old thing. We want the old thing. But Jesus was the appearance of a new thing that God was doing. And that's what he was hinting at in this scripture from Isaiah. Again, he says, I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's what we can count on in Christ. God is about the new song. Psalm 40, verse 3 says, He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And that is every Christian's reality. Though you sometimes feel stuck and you're singing the same old songs, the Lord can put a new song in your mouth. And Jesus, again, is the fulfillment of this word. In the book of Revelation, in, in Revelation 15, it's a picture around the throne and it's saying they sang the song of the Moses and song of the Lamb. The song of the Lamb. It wasn't just what had happened in the past, but he put a new song. And, you know, when I got converted, born again to the Lord, I started singing a new song. And I can't sing very well. But it was, it's a new melody in your heart. It's a new beat. It's a new rhythm. It's a new way, a new uh, piece of music in your life, if you will. You know, anybody like symphonies in here? All right, good. We got some people with taste, hey? No. Yeah. 
But uh, symphonies are full of new progressions as they move along. And sometimes it seems like it's going to go down and get minor, but then it always resolves and comes back. And I guess you could say it about even pop music. You, you're always going to have a resolve. There's always going to be something that brings it out of a minor or a lower part, usually. And the new song is all about that. The Lord is making a symphony of history and of our lives. There are parts we don't like. There are minor parts. There are downers and things like that. But there's always a result in Christ. And that's the hope of the world. And when people don't know Jesus, they don't have that resolve. They don't have that hope. And they don't have that new song. And it's a trying thing. That's why... You know, I'm excited about Ryan and going into missions like that and anybody who sees their, their field of influence as a mission. That's what we want to bring, bring to them. Um, new. His mercies are new every morning. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Thank you, Lord, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His compassions fail not. Have you ever been tried in such a way that, oh, I'm at my end with this person. I can't do this anymore. That's enough. You know, thankfully, God is not like that with us. His compassions fail not. His mercies are new every morning. And that's so good news because every day we can heap up more and more guilt and condemnation and reasons to be guilty and feel condemned, and yet the Lord's mercy never stops because he is God. He, that is the new thing that he is doing through Jesus Christ, and it's because of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 7.25, it says that he always lives to intercede for us that we may come to God through him. So there's always the intercession of Christ. If you've blown it, if you've messed up, if you feel like you're no good, no worth, You've always got the new intercession of Christ. His mercies are new every morning, and Jesus is always on our behalf making intercession according to the word. And finally, Revelation 21.5, Jesus makes the bold declaration, Behold, I make all things new. This is where everything is heading up to the consummation. This world is, is going down. The old order is going down. It's going to be changed. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And it's the Lord Jesus saying, I will make all things new. That is what we are looking to. And we can have new hope every day knowing that we're not stuck in this. I mean, we have to trudge through stuff at times, right? We have to plow through. But we're not. this isn't our final lot in life. We're heading to, to a glorious revelation of the glory of God in a new order. The heavens and the earth will be changed. And when we see him, we shall be like him. So, it's all about the new. Old is a sign, and nobody's old in here. If you're a Christian, you're just getting older, okay? Okay, you're just getting older, but your spirit can be renewed every day. Paul talks about, in 2 Corinthians, he says, we don't lose heart because even though the outward man perishes, the inward man is being renewed day after day. So, old Old is a sign of the curse, the death. I mean, nobody in here is under that anymore. We're getting older, but we're not old. Okay, you can all, Older's not bad. We're a little bit older, but we're not old. Um, but your body is going down as you get older. 
but you can be renewed in your inner person. You don't have to lose heart, it says. And, and the newness of God is a fountain of life to those who tap in. But you have to tap in. You have to drink from the fountain, and then you're renewed. You can be renewed daily. And today, as we say Happy New Year, we want to go into Happy New You. Because if you're not new, you can be new today. And if you have believed and put your trust in Jesus, you can be renewed today. Because this newness is not a one-time event, a one-time transaction. It is something day by day that we can drink from the fountain of God and be renewed if we can receive that by faith. But you say, well, I'm just stuck in a rut. Now, I've, I've been a Christian for many years, and, and it doesn't feel like I'm moving on, right? Well, the secret is that if your inward man is being renewed day by day, or if that's what you want, if you want to have the life of God renewing, you have to tend to your inner man. You know, we tend to our outer person, right? I hope we do. You know, you comb your hair in the morning, shave, and, you know, clean up. That's good. We take care of the outer person. We eat the right foods, hopefully. It's hard to find right foods these days, but we're trying and we try not to have too much sugar, right, kids? Not too much sugar, you know? Well, even sugar can be good for you once in a while. You need a little kick. But everything in moderation, right? Don't, don't go home and say the preacher said more sugar, right? But we, we, we look at what we eat. We're taking care of our outer person. But how many of us really tend to the inner person? And the inner person is the part that drives your outer person. The inner person is the part that you can be renewed in. You can't so much renew your outer person as you can your inner person. So, how can we move past, I'm not getting any further in this spiritual life. How can we move past, oh, another day, another, another struggle. How can we get past, I'm, I keep messing up, why can't I do the things that I want to do? And the answer is found in the main text I want to look at here, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And this verse is a very important verse in our walk of faith. But a lot of people kind of read past it. They say, yeah, and I agree, there's something good about it, but they don't take it to heart. They don't live by it. They don't let it become everything, which I think is very important. It's not just in this verse, but you can see it through the book of Romans. You're to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. You are not the same person. This, is, this verse is a result of the new covenant. God, the God of the new, made a new covenant. It wasn't enough to stay with what he gave to Israel. He had to send a Messiah to enact a new covenant so that we would not be stuck under the same old law. We wouldn't be stuck under the rut of continual offerings for sacrifices, which is what they had to do. They had to give sacrifices all the time for their sins, and they had to keep repenting and keep saying, I'm sorry, and all this over and over. It was always a continued religious struggle. I'll say religious struggle because it's what they did and they had to keep doing things over and over again, a continual sacrifice. But God said, that's old. We want a new covenant. 
the new covenant was going to be the fulfillment of all of that in Jesus Christ for us so that we could be free. So, you know, I want to take off that weight, that, that uh, straitjacket that's been on me, that's kept me from being free. It's because of Jesus that we can do that. He makes all things new. And when we are in Christ, it says, we become a new creation. And that's the miracle. That's the miracle of the new birth, the new covenant. It, it, you don't just, when you come to the Lord, you don't just get a new mindset. You don't just get a new set of values. You don't just get a new set of beliefs. You don't just get, now i got to do this. i got to pray, read my Bible, which these are good things, and you can have them as a part of it. But that's not all that happens. When you place your faith in Christ, there, you experience a miracle. A miracle. Something in you is born again. Born again. You become a new creation. And the miracle of the new birth means that you have been born something new. All that old, all your old history, all those sins that made you wretched in the sight of God, all those all those failures that made you wretched in the sight of yourself, and all those uh, things that have been wrongly attributed to you by others, th- relationships that have been broken, hurt feelings, uh, damage done by things others have done to you or that you've done to... Uh, all this stuff in an instant is, is taken away, becoming new. This is the gospel. This is the miracle of being born again. If we were religious, if it was just a matter of being religious, it would be, I have to keep working and working to achieve this right standing with God. How can I do... Uh, make up for what I did in the past, well, I'll do better today. It's three steps forward, two steps back, because I'll always be messing up again, but I keep struggling. And if you could, you can't, but if you could get right with the Lord through your works and through a, a determination and a religious determination mindset to do better, if you could, it would take eons, right? It would take because you'd make progress today, but tomorrow you'd slip back. You'd make progress next week, the next week you'd slip back. And you'd keep discovering more and more of the depths of your sin and darkness in your heart, if you're really paying attention. You'd keep discovering how far short the glory of God is from you and how more impossible it is to reach it. And if you could reach it, it would take eons and eons. So really I'm speaking, you know, kind of metaphorically here, right? We don't have that much time. And still, if we did, we still couldn't make it. And all of that in the new covenant is solved, just like that. And it can be right now, where you're sitting right now, by a simple turning of your heart to the Lord, by a simple receiving of him as the Savior, the one who has paid the price for all of what you needed, like that, in an instant. That is the new, that's the gospel. That is the miracle of the new birth. And that is the good news that we have, that we can come. And it's the difference between the gospel versus religion. It's an instant. And once you make that instant choice, and it happens in an instant, 
Then, along with saying Happy New Year, we can say Happy New You. Can we all say Happy? No, I'm not going to make you say that. But Happy New You. You know how I like to make these fun things to, you know, thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> but um, when you're a new person, you got to remember what that means. You are no longer dead, but alive. You're no longer a child of wrath. You're a child of mercy. You're no longer an enemy of God. You are an ambassador of God. You've become from an enemy to an ambassador. It's like, you know, in an instant. It's not like I have to earn something. It's like, you're in. Wait, you know, that's just like that. I had a guy tell me once, I have so much I have to pay back to the Lord. And, you know, he said that inside, and I said, you know, forget it. You can't. And why would you want to anyway? The bill's been paid. You know, we go out to eat dinner, and you took care of the bill before I got it, and it's already done. And how silly it would be if I would be trying to pay for that. <laughs> well, wait, let me just go back up to that cashier. and can I, I need to pay. It's been done. And, but yet, for some reason, we're holding on to it. We have been dead, but we are now alive in Christ, if anyone is in Christ. No longer an enemy, but an ambassador. You're no longer a slave to sin. But I feel like I need to sin. No, not if you get your mind back to this business. I am a new person. That was the old me. We're talking about I was once like this, but now I'm like this. I don't have to try to be like this. I just have to look at Jesus and thank him that he's done it. And that sounds easier said than done, right? But the point is, is that you have to believe and understand that when you are in Christ, you have a new nature. You're no longer natural. You are spiritual. So that's the good news, and that's what we have. We are not victims anymore. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are not slaves of sin. We can, we can be righteous because we know that that's where the life is. But now we've got to talk about how we really experience this because if we're being honest, we can all say yes and amen, but you know, still, how does this play out in real life? Because in real life, you don't feel this way. You don't seem to be walking in it. You, you still have some struggles with temptations and sins. But because of the new covenant, we're covered. The grace of God doesn't stop just when you decide you want to follow him. The grace of God is yours as the new song that I talked about. It's, it's when you mess up, you don't have to say, oh, woe is me, I'm so terrible. You say, thank you, Lord, you are so great. You have covered this, and this is part of what it means to be a Christian. I am forgiven, and when I realize I'm forgiven, I worship. When I get caught up in worship, I'm in the place of the love of God, a love that is new. It's not like the love of the world that dies and gets taken from you the minute you mess up. The love of God is eternal. And what can separate us from the love of God? You mean you still love me when I've messed up? Well, that fills me with a sense of gratitude and love. And that changes my heart. And I'm not trying to do better now, but I'm going to do better because it's just... I don't want to displease the one who loves me, the one I love. So how do we get in here? It says, if anyone is in Christ. How do you experience all this? First, it's by getting in. And what does that mean, to get in Christ? 
you want to know? Okay, good. I'm just, I know it's New Year's Day and we all stayed up late last night. But uh, this, is, this is better than New Year's Eve because this is New Year's you. New Year's you. What does it mean to get in? If you want to be new, renewed, if you want to have what I'm talking about, you have to be in Christ. And so we're talking, how do we get in Christ? The first step is Christ has to be in you. You have to invite him to come into your heart. Now, uh, the Bible never says this. You know, we have this in a lot of tracts and prayers and things. You m- accept Jesus, invite him into your heart. And it's nowhere said that in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say that. But the Bible does say it in different ways. So it's not wrong. You might hear some Pharisees say, you, you can't just say invite Jesus into your heart. Now, well, you, it's not the only thing, but it's there. John, in John chapter 1, it says to those who received him and believed on him, he gave the right to become the children of God. In Revelations 3.20, he says, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever hears my voice and opens up, I will come unto him and sup with him and he with me. And the interesting thing about that passage in Revelation is that Jesus was not talking to unbelievers. He was talking to Christians. He was talking to the church. So here we see that you have to receive Jesus in first before you can be in him. And that it's not just one thing. Well, I prayed and I received Christ when I was 15 or something. Well, good, but what about today? Have you received him today? Is he, are you believing him today? Um, this is about a continual thing. Jesus knocked on the door of the church and said, let me in. And we have to open the door say, come in. And what does that mean? I'm, uh, it's very simple. It means you're putting yourself under his lordship. You're no longer the boss. You're no longer the manager. You have a new manager. You have a new landlord. And that takes an act of faith. It means I really, I I have to step down from the throne of my heart and make him the boss. You know, I use that word, the boss. He's really, he's the king, he's the Lord. But, you know, we can understand it if I say it in a, a colloquial term, the boss. Who's my boss? Most of us, we are living for ourselves more than we are allowing the Lord to dictate where we're going, what we're doing, how we're acting how we respond. And it's, you know, that's where our our fight of faith as we continue in this life is ever growing in the acknowledging him that he is the one that controls. He's the one who's Lord. And it's a good thing. Many people are afraid to let Jesus be their boss because they are afraid if if I let him be my boss, I'm going to lose all my friends. I'm going to lose all the fun that I used to have. I'm going to lose my respect from other people, and it's going to be harder out there. And, you know, all that could be true. But, see, we're talking about a new song. We're talking about, behold, I do all things new. We're talking about a God who is full of life and life that is more abundant than any of those old things can provide for you. Well, how can that be? You have to see it by faith. If you can't see it by faith, you pray, Lord, help me to see that. Get into the word and see the good that the Lord has laid up for those who trust in him. And understand that all these things that we hold on to and cling to, they're passing away. They are getting old. 
You know, we might be getting older in Christ, but we're not getting old. But the things of this world are getting old, and they will pass away. Even more than pass away, they'll burn away. There are fires of judgment coming. There is already judgment in this earth. All the suffering, all the heartache, all the pain is a result of the curse, which is a judgment upon sin. And Jesus said, I don't want you in that old. I want you in the new because there's something much greater. If you'll trust, trust me. And that trust is the act of faith I'm talking about. And when you do, in the instant, you become a new creation. And that's all saying, making him your, your boss, your manager, your Lord. You know, we, we're not just agreeing to some new beliefs and values and, and things, but we're agreeing to his terms. You ever order something or on the Internet or something, you have to click a box and say, read this. Do you agree to all the terms of this? And everyone clicks it without reading it. Well, these are the terms now. Don't click it without reading these terms. Because these are the terms. Because you'll see that it's not just for his sake, but it's for your sake. Because you'll see for your sake. You mean this is what I got? This is what I can hope and experience? And this is the relationship I can have with all, my, all this? So making him your Lord is agreeing to his terms. So... He's in you. Then, in Christ means the same as if you said, I'm all in. Okay, what do you want me to do? I'm all in. I'm ready. And ultimately, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15, two verses before what we're looking at, it says, He died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them. So, that's what it means to be in. You're no longer living for yourself. You're living for him. Who's him? Him who died for you and rose again. Just thinking on that he died for you. If you were out in the street and a bus was coming your way and you didn't see it and somebody jumped out instead of you, pushed you out of the way and they got hit and they died... How would you look upon that person the rest of your life? Why did he do that for me? How could he... He saved my life. He did this. What an act of love. How would that melt your heart towards him? How would you want to bless his family and honor his memory and everything? And, you know, that's just a poor example of what Jesus did for us. Hanging on the cross, dying and taking the punishment for the sins of the world so that we would not get hit by the bus and instead have everlasting life in glory that we didn't deserve. And yet, he's not dead. He rose again. He died for us, and he rose again. That makes him even more amazing. And all this is for you. And that should melt our hearts and say, we want to live for him. But here's where it is. Most of us are living for ourselves, like I said before. I like to change the word live to love, love for him will cause you to want to live for him. And how do you have love for him? By considering he died for, for me, for you, for me, and he rose again. And, you know, praying, Lord, I know you love me. I know this is deeper than I can even imagine or think, but I can receive it by my spirit if you will reveal it to me. And because he rose again, 
He will reveal it to you. He is alive. That is, that is different from any other faith or religion in this world, any other philosophy. You know, everybody's following dead people's thoughts. Our political system is following dead people's philosophies, right or wrong. Every religion out there, from Confucius to Muhammad, they're all dead. But Jesus, who didn't even create a religion, but he's the object of our faith, he's the only one of them all that's alive. And because he's alive, that means there's a relationship. Because there's a relationship, that means we can receive love from God and that we can also love God. But it all happens by faith, by being in Christ, which means I'm all in, Lord. I'm going to live for you. I'm throwing in my lot with Jesus. That's what it means to be in Christ. And when you do that, there is a spiritual change, and you're no longer natural. You're spiritual. Did you ever look at your old uh, pictures? Some of you have yearbooks or... You look at your pictures from, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, or if you're not that old yet, you from five. Anyway, you look at yourself, you say, was that me? Or was that, boy, I sure look different. You, you notice the change. But it's not the outward change that we're talking about. We're talking, there has to be the inward change. What we're talking about, the I'm all in, my heart I've given to the Lord. And that when you do that, that's when he deposits the change. But, you know, I've, I've interacted with friends from my high school days or college days. You know, Facebook's good for that. I'm in touch with a lot of those people. And, and I can compare their pictures, and I can see that, man, they sure look different. Uh, I sure look different. But then when I interact with some of them, I... I I see there's been no change. They're still acting, thinking, talking about the good old days. They're still just the same as they ever were in college. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I've, that stuff is foreign to me now. And there might be some things I'm still hung up on, but I think we have to ask ourselves, have we moved forward? Has there been this inward change? Because... You can look at pictures and see people have changed on the outside, but a lot of them have not changed on the inside. Now, here's the challenging part for the church. There are a lot of people who have put on an outside change. Yeah, I'm a Christian, and they look good on the outside, but in the inside, they're the same as they ever were. They've just sort of altered some things. You know, they want to look important before they got saved, but now they got saved, and they want to look important, so they'll they'll walk more piously at church or something, or they'll, they'll boast about how long they read the Bible, or they'll post something on Facebook. Which I don't know what it... But the point is, is you can have that, a changed outward appearance and still on the inside not really be changed. And again, that verse said that the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. We have to tend to the inward man. Why? Because the inward man is the one that's going to last forever. You know, we, we are looking forward. And when we do that, when we, we get ourselves in Christ, we live for him, love for him, that's when old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. So, 
How do we experience this stuff? Again, in Christ, he makes all things new. We have to adjust ourselves to this truth. And here's where I think a lot of people in the church do not adjust themselves to this truth that I am a new creation and that I have to consider myself a new creation. In Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24, it talks about the adjustment. You have to make an adjustment. You have to do something, okay? You don't make yourself better. You don't earn anything. But you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Wait a second. I have to put off the old man? Yeah. It's not a work. It's just a, it's an indication that you are finished. I'm, I'm done with the old stuff. I, I agree that Jesus has better for me. I'm done with the stuff that drags me down. I'm, or you've been a Christian for a long time. I'm done with the stuff that's hindering my walk with God. I, I'm all in. I'm all in. I want to put that stuff off. And it's deceitful stuff anyway. It seems like it's so much fun. It seems like everybody else is doing it. It seems all this stuff, that's called the deceitful lust. And it may seem great for a moment, but it's deceitful because in the end, you're not happy and you're unfulfilled and it's destructive. In the end, it's all going to be judged. So put it off. Why do you keep holding on to it? It's all going to burn up anyway. Put it off and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And this is where the battle really is. You talk about spiritual warfare. You talk about struggles and everything and how can I get better and walk more faithfully with God. It all happens by renewing the spirit of your mind. Again, saying, who am I? You know, I'm always thinking I'm a wretch. I'm a miserable failure. I can't ever live up to God. You got to stop thinking that way. And you got to start thinking, I'm a new creation. Jesus has made all things new. It's... It's not I, but Christ in me. If I can start thinking, renewing this thinking in my mind, it's going to affect how the output goes. But everyone's got this mindset usually, well, i got to struggle forever, and, and, and I can't ever get past this certain point. And you keep telling yourself that, you believe that. This is so important to renew your mind with the Word of God, with Christian fellowship, with prayer, with being in this understanding of I'm a new creation and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Notice it doesn't say you put on your own righteousness and holiness. It's the new man that God gave you, created according to God. See, again, it would take eons and eons for you to get righteous and holy, to get it right where you're doing good with the Lord. But all you got to do is put on the new man that God has created. It's his work. It's, it's because of Jesus. And when it, these two words, put off and put on, we do it all the time. At night, before you go to bed, you put off your, your day clothes. In the morning, you put on. You decide what you're going to put on. All it means is you're deliberate and you're mindful, you're intent. Nobody gets up, rolls out of bed, and, and just comes here without thinking first. I, what do I got to put on? How do I got to do today? And I'm glad for that. So that's the adjustment. And God has given you 
something that you can put on. It's not your works, it's his works. You say, I can't, I can't measure up, put on Jesus. He measures up for you. Anybody get something for Christmas and maybe you're tired of that old ratty jacket you've been wearing. Somebody gives you a new sparkling coat and how come I never see you in that coat? Why don't you ever wear that coat I got you? Why are you still wearing this old ratty thing? You know, it's just a matter of, oh, I got to put it on. So that's putting it on. That's the adjustment. And I talked about at New Year's time, you have to make an adjustment. You have to start right in 2023. And uh, how many of us, we've written something and we, we forgot and we wrote the wrong thing. You ever do that? What do you do when you, when you write the wrong year at New Year's time? You start to go, oh, when will I ever get it right? Why can't I just get this right? I messed up. I got the wrong thing. This isn't a new year after all. It, no. You don't bait, beat yourself up. You just make a little line through it, say, oops, and you adjust it. It's just a, a course correction. But see, when we mess up, we tend to beat ourselves up, and we start saying, oh, I'll just never make it, and all this stuff. And, and meanwhile, even though you wrote the wrong thing for the year, it doesn't change the fact that it's a new year. And even though you might have had a slip, a mess up, even a big sin, you can adjust and cross that out in, in Jesus. That is the new covenant. That's the, the blood he shed for that very purpose. And it doesn't change the fact that you were given the gift of the new man created in God in true righteousness and holiness. Who are you? Who do you think you are? There's a lot of sermons titled, Who Do You Think You Are? So I'm not going to do that. But it's true. It's like, how do you think about yourself? Your true righteousness and holiness. And if you start thinking that way, it'll help move you in that direction because we tend to walk according to how we think. If we're always thinking, nothing ever works for me, I'm always miserable, you're going to talk yourself into that and, and it's going to play out that way usually. So that's what it means being renewed in the spirit of mind and we adjust and we put on. We're not defined by our past. We're not defined by our failures. We're not defined by anything awful words that anyone ever spoke to us or anything that, that has tainted our lives from the past. We're not defined by anything but by the new man which was created according to God. And more than that, we're defined by the blood of Jesus that was shed for you on the cross, the love of God that sent him there and that endured there for you, that rose again, that offers you joint heirship of all things in heaven and earth with Jesus Christ, we are defined by the value that God has placed on us. And that's a great thing because the world gives little value to people unless, except if, if they agree with you, then they'll put value on you. But God has given us more than the world. He's given us all things in Christ. And that is that is uh, that should help you want to be new and understand that that's who you are. You're not defined by what the world says or what anyone else has said or by your own thoughts that are down on yourself, but you're defined by Jesus dying for you, shedding his blood and rising again. 
So at New Year's time, you know, what do we usually do? We, we usually make resolutions, right? And then we break them. So I'm going to give you some expert advice and say don't make any New Year's resolutions because you'll break them. But let's change it. Let, instead of making New Year's resolutions, let's make New Year's reminders. Now here's something we can do. We can remind ourselves every New Year. We can remind ourselves every day how much the Lord loves us, how much Jesus purchased for us, how much that he, he is for us and not against us. We can remind ourselves every day we've been given the true righteousness and holiness. We are in right stand. We are accepted in, in the beloved, in Christ. We can remind ourselves that we have a hope in a future, that this is not all there is. We can remind ourselves that the Spirit of God is ever-present with us, and how much more will He give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. We can remind ourselves every day by being in the Word and reading what the Lord has for us and how much the Lord wants to do in our lives, where He wants us to serve Him. We can remind ourselves all the time and just leave the resolutions to being... I'm all in with you, Christ, and, and then it's, it's you lead me, and we'll see how, how that goes. I'll tell you what, it'll go better than you leading yourself. You'll be tested, and there will be awful times of, of tests, because this world is a battlefield. No one ever said this world was a playground. But that's the deceitful lust. That's the deceitful thing that the enemy wants us to hone in on, to think if we can just get in this certain place, certain position, we're always going to have it made, and I always have it easy. If I just had a little more, if I just had something else, and it's deceit, it's deception. All the while, Jesus is everything. He's got it all in him. He meets that need in your spirit, and you could, you could end up in jail or something, and yet you, you're totally fulfilled in Christ because you have the riches of heaven that is seeing you through. And I worked with Chinese pastors who had been in jail, and, and I always asked each one of them, have you, you know, did you feel a special presence or strength from the Lord? And they said, you know, rather, if I didn't, I wouldn't have made it. You know, so, so that's what we're after. Happy New Year. Happy New You. And as we make our reminders... What a time to go into communion, because communion is all about being reminded, right? We, we do this in remembrance of me. And so as we go into communion today, if you're new here, it's very simple. 